This is the Money Radio Network. Welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, where we bring you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together with marketing lover Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency, the man from Mars business and life coach Brian Wood, and health and athletic performance expert Jen Graffis from Q Life share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the Triple M team on our journey to success. Ready, set, listen. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Happening. How you guys doing? Average week? No, it's uh, it's better than average. If I were doing if I were doing any better, I'd be twins. Oh, I like that. I don't even know what that means, but anyway, I'm doing good. Is what I'm trying to say. Anything exciting, Jen? Fantastic as well. No, doing good. Doing How's good. the uh, the bikini challenge or the uh, better bodies in business going? It's doing really well. Is there a bikini challenge too? You know, but actually, you just maybe I need to, you know, pair up with our guest from last week and and get some bikinis going on <laughs> my clients. Add some that would swimming be perfect. To the Add some swimming. Absolutely, yeah. we can tie it all together. I may jump in that. Yeah, Ooh. let's do it. Oh, you air? did. You said it. Done. Ooh. Sold. Man, man she's I committed. Be careful with my word. Love it. Uh, how about you, Brian? You have a promise something you didn't complete? No, I'm on track. Nice, thanks. I am on track. <laughs> yeah, I'm the uh, notorious. I will run that marathon and quit the week before. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Never e- ran as one. Soon, as even soon as if you, you sign up, even if you thing. pay for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't mind about money. Money's not the thing. Oh, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, see, usually for me, it's just as soon as I sign as up. As soon as I, I know, sign, I'm done. I know I'm in. Yeah. Right, and that and that's something. I mean, everyone gets that's motivated by different things. That's the yeah, challenge, that's right? The challenge. Okay, right. I know it's on the calendar, yep. and this is what has to happen for me to get to this point. And so that's why the more stuff you sign up for well, in you life, have, you have in to business, do, you have the, to the define you your win. Yep. And yeah, whatever and your win is, serious yeah, voice I mean, we have, Brian. Yeah. Who's here today? You this is introduce? the one and only Deborah Dupree. And um, what a she, cool name! It, it really is. It really is. And and what a cool person on top of that. And she's a coach. Uh, she's a coach. She's a speaker. She's an author. Uh, she has some incredible events that that are high energy and challenging, and that will change your life. So we're going to get to those. I in, hear she's in a, a game changer. Game changer. That's is a that great right? way she's to describe it. She's got an event her. coming up March twenty second. It looks like from eleven thirty to one. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that, Deborah. Well, this is an event I was fortunate enough to have the um, business journal, Phoenix Business Journal, come to me. And as they came to me, they asked if I would do an event for them. They'd seen me speak and seen the, uh, they saw the, you know, how the audience responded to high energy and, and not a lot of bullshit and excuse Ooh, the expression, but BS. That, that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, actually having content and content that had them walking out of the room going, oh my gosh, I'm going to up yours, mm-hmm. uh, which is what my topic is around, is well, up this yours. Is starting out yeah. really crisp. Yeah, <laughs> up your, <laughs> it's always around up your power, up your performance, and it will up your profits. So. Oh, goodness. And, good. And, and I love the book, right? Average is an addiction. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that, that people are gravitate towards average? Well, because it's easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And average, the one thing to look at when we talk about average is you can be average at any level. You could be downtown in the highest 
you know, office building with the biggest office and the windows that uh, have the best view, a $10,000 suit, and a Ben sitting outside and still be average among your peers. Do you think high performers have that average? Like Absolutely. when they reach that step, like it's it's always evolving. So whenever you feel right. average, like if it's getting easy, and Jen, you can attest to that, like if it's too easy a workout, it's time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I've worked with NFL players and that before too. And I always look at, you know, they're in college and all of a sudden if they're, you know, drafted or even a free agent and they are all of a sudden signed to a team, the minute they're signed, they're average among their peers. Mm -hmm. They could have been the highest top performer. They could have been the number one pick. But as soon as they're chosen among their peers, they're average. And then the question is, you know, what have you done lately? And in some cases, below average, correct? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What have you done lately? Mm -hmm. You have a great um, chapter here. It's called You Are Not That Special. (laughs) I like that. I love it. Is that does that come across a lot with the college or is that NFL or do you say that it, to them across the board? Because I uh, my main clientele right now is working with uh, business professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. And as they come to me, they're all very smart, very intelligent, very capable. They have already been successful. They're typically in high stress, high performance type positions that they put themselves in because they like being there. Um, but again, you know, what have you done lately? Um, because they can reach that high level of success and then they plateau out. Do they get pissed off? Oh, sure they do. What do you do? Mostly at themselves. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I love that sound. Yeah. <laughs> I talk to people whenever I'm coaching. <laughs> I talk to people whenever I talk about, uh, you know, coaching and I'm a elite performance expert and strategist that, you know, you can reach um, whenever I, I'm going to go back and say this. I just heard from you the sound, mmm. That's the sound I like to hear. It's not ah or aha or all that because the, that's a, that's an a moment. Yeah, because yeah. the ahas are just oh I get it. That's very cool. That's nice, and then they you know move on and do other things. The mm or mm, it's when it's like, they've taken it in it, and it. they're going oh yeah. crap. They, oh, that's me. You know that's me. Definitely. So, so there's it, a another chapter that I saw that was like okay, the five year old can do it. If a, or a five-year-old can do it. So that's about numb and dumb. Right. Where so are we playing there? In that particular chapter, I'm talking about goals and goal setting and smart goals and all that type of thing. And I said, a five-year-old can set a goal. It's not that difficult. You can Google how to set a goal. The goal setting is not difficult. You know, anybody can do it. The problem is, what are you going to do once you've set the goal? Mm-hmm. So once you've set the goal, now the achievement of it means you've got to take some action, and that's where people start to stumble and fall down. Because as human beings, going back to even the averages and addiction uh, you know, title of the book and averages for sissies is that the addictive part is as a human being, we tend to repeat our patterns. Mm-hmm. We have the same type of language that we talk to ourselves with. We have the same type of feelings and the labels that we give to those feelings all the time. And we have the uh, same type of uh, behaviors that we repeat in various situations. So we have to understand that, you know, in order to break out of average, you've got to understand how your brain, how your emotional system, and how it uh, work together, and then how it affects you physiologically, which affects your behavior. So mm-hmm. knowing that a five-year-old can set a goal, then the work that I do with my client is let's set a goal. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, but let's then figure out what are you going to do about it, and let's you know look at the steps and set a 90-day plan and get that done so you can have successes daily. 
and then you can get that motivation up as well. And do you find that with your clients that you also, um, once you set the goal or put that action into place, um, as far as it seems as though sometimes those people are also like, wow, it really wasn't that hard just putting a deadline, you know, and, and I don't mean not hard. It's just they're not willing to take the time to actually sit down and make that 90-day plan or that 30-day plan. And once you have it in writing, then it, it, once it's all laid out in front of them, they're kind of like, oh, okay, that wasn't really that hard, but it's a matter of that commitment of taking the action. Do you find that? Absolutely. So yeah, just exactly what you said, setting the goals is are not, you know, that part is not difficult. Chunking it down into what you might do, you know, monthly, weekly, daily is really not difficult. It's a little bit time consuming, but right. not even that much. Right. It's the, all right, now that you have it laid out, why aren't you doing it? Right. Because that's what typically happens. They don't have the disciplined focus or the intensified drive or the intuitive insight to know what to do, uh, to do specifically what to do and how to overcome their own internal, um, we go back to those default thoughts and feelings that are keeping them from doing it. Once we can put on our big girl pants and our big boy pants mm -hmm. and notice those feelings and name them and then use the techniques that I teach in order to shift them. Now they're off and running again. That, yeah, that's, that's what's fascinating. That. The idea of thoughts turning into emotions or feelings leading to action or results and in some cases inaction. So that, that's oh yeah, a fascinating they, 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 they cower down and you know lurk around in the shadow. You know they can lurk around in the shadows, and we've all done it. Mm -hmm. We've all done it. Right. I don't care how successful you are, you've done it, mm -hmm. and you've done it in areas where you're average. So it's not saying that you're average as a human being. It's right. saying you have areas that average, and we need to look at the ones that that matter. Um, when I'm out speaking, I talk about, you know, I'm an average cook. I don't care. My dog eats food out of a bag, you know, and I do fine picking out the food that I'm right. going to eat. If I were a high-level chef, that would make a difference. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at those areas that are costing you time, money, relationships, um, relevance, and see where are you not doing what you know you can do, but you just hesitate on doing it. It's funny. I have a, a story around that because a lot of times I feel that if you're bored in your goal, it's not high enough. Mm -hmm. Like it's oh, not yeah. exciting you. Yes. Um, and I hear that from the kids. Like I'm bored. I'm like, yeah, because you have nothing to strive for at this moment. Like right. what is it you want to do? You're absolutely right. And we're right. going to have to come right back with the answer to that in just a second. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Are you living someone else's version of success and happiness? Are you an athlete, former athlete, organization, or team interested in achieving results while enjoying the journey? Come to Mars, Myrtlewood Athlete Representation and Success Coaching. Certified professional life and business coach, certified agent with the NBA Players Association. Find us at MarsCoach.com. 602-733-4864, 602-733-4864. Faith and belief equals action and results. Mom, where are my credits? I have them. I'm coloring my credit again. Let's color my credit. Well, color my credit is a simple method I created to explain kind of a complicated financial document. We have a lot of those in our life. You'll, you'll grow and you'll see that you want to grow your money, but there's a whole lot of paper you don't understand. So what I do is try to color it and give it a method of understanding what you need to do to make it better. Are you ready for that? Yep. 
For more information, call Alyssa Glutz. Go to colormadcredit.com. Ringing in the new year means talk of growth and renewal for the coming year. Goal setting and strategic visions, that's what's dancing in the heads of successful leaders. At your next conference or meeting, let Frame the Message, Inc. bring your visions to life in a colorful way. Traditional note-taking is so last year. Graphics are their wave of the future. So start the year off right with something sure to bring positive and productive change in 2017. Live graphics and illustrated videos by Frame the Message, Inc. That's INK.com. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mind intersect with your hosts, Elisa Sparks-Lane, Brian Wood, and Jen Graffis. All right, Jen, you had a question there. No, I was just going to say, it's just so, uh, I, obviously, we are always surrounding ourselves with like-minded and people that are so much greater and bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm. and I love listening to all these great things that Deborah's been doing across the world, it sounds like, writing books and and then on the flip side, what I do with athletic performance in teens and just teaching them at age eight and nine to set those goals, but then to be able to, to actually have them take action, to see that light bulb just kind of go off in their eyes where they kind of get it. And there's so much personal development out there for adults, but I feel like sometimes it's lacking for teenagers. And I just had a client this weekend that after two sessions, just putting that intense focus into something and then was able to accomplish and break through a barrier. And it's just so rewarding to see that happen. It's deliberate and intention, right? It, right. And, mm-hmm. they, and the parents think, like, I'm, you know, what did you do? How did you do this? And, <laughs> and it really isn't rocket science. It's just laying out that plan, right, and helping them realize that. You're, you're absolutely – sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you. No. You're absolutely right. The, the idea of the light bulb going on, that's huge. Mm-hmm. When I see it or hear it in clients cause I, because I work all over the world, I'm either on Skype or on the phone. I do all my work even – people who are here in town, I do my work over the phone because it's convenient. Mm -hmm. But when you can either, if I'm with somebody in person, you see the light behind the eyes Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, well, hello there. Nice to have you back, you know, or I can hear it in somebody's voice because all of a sudden they'll be speaking at a faster pace. They'll be speaking at at a different tone than what they had before. And all of a sudden I know, all right, I got you now. You know, this is where we're going. This is the right place to be. And the sooner that light turns on, the more results over a long-term period will be delivered. So the sooner you get that, to your point, Jen, as soon as as you get that light on, you're going to start to get the benefits. Right. Well, and part of that, too, is when when that happens, uh, and part of what I teach because of the neuroscience background in that is learning how to praise. And one of the things I've worked with some uh, high school kids in that as well is teaching them how to praise themselves. It's the exact same thing with adults. We learned how to praise others. We learn how to bully ourselves. Mm -hmm. We haven't really learned how to praise ourselves and to do it consistently and in a way that our brain can pick up on it and our emotional body picks up on it and it locks it in. So it gives us that motivation and the drive and the intensity and that feeling of being alive so that we want to do it again. You're absolutely right. One of the exercises that I do with my clients is what we're three wins this week and Mm -hmm. it it's amazed me how many kids like they can't even come up with one 
Right. And I'm like, what made you happy today? What, just give me one thing. Did you get to go with your friends? Like, it doesn't even have to be sports related if you don't want it to. But as you start to, gen, you know, teach them, okay, you, it's okay to brag about yourself. It's okay to say what you did really well. Then, it, but right. it takes a few weeks and it's amazing that, you know, our society and those children are just so lacking of being able to honor themselves. I can't help but wonder what may have happened because I think kids, like the ones that don't want to go to bed, because they're so excited by life. Right. Mm-hmm. And they wake up just ready to go. What happened that kind of loses that? Do you talk about that? Like what made you lose it? Or what's what's in the space that's not allowing you to be your biggest, greatest self? Well, and it's you're right. And it's different for everybody. Is it could be if I'm working with the adults, whether it's an NFL player or, a, you know, an award-winning entrepreneur or a business professional, it's often what has happened somewhere in the past. I've got a client right now over in New Zealand, and she's been a business owner for, I think, 18 years or that, uh, something close to that. And she's dealing with the tall poppy syndrome, which is very um, into the culture in Australia as well as New Zealand, is don't stick your head above anybody else because oh. you will be shamed, cut down, and told, you know, who do you think you are, whether it's that in the attitude or the actual words. So for somebody like herself who's a high performer, high stress, high expectations, mm-hmm. is judging herself as well as others uh, as far as, you know, what have you, what have you done lately? Mm-hmm. What are the results? So for her to... To recognize and to come to me and say, here's what I'm dealing with. Please help me get to that next level. Um, that's a big deal. It a big Name deal. it. And, you know, then we've done a lot of work on how to shift that and how to put the, how to become the new, I'm going to take that back, how to become a better her you know, a better CEO and like un- unapologetic. I like the new. I mean, there's something well, about it's, that. It's new and it, yet it's a shift. You know, I look mm-hmm. at people who are successful. They're typically going up the ladder, always in the upward trend, but it's up and down and up and down, kind of like the stock market. Lack of consistency. Well, and it's humanness, you know, which growth. causes mm-hmm. those, yeah, and growth and all that. Um, the thing is, when I work with high-level, high-stress entrepreneurs that are very talented uh, in business professionals and that, once they can really hone in on who they need to become, okay, get that, who they need to become, the newness, the betterness of who they are in order to go to that next level because you can't reach the next level being who you've been. So once they have that just that minor little pivot or tweak, all of a sudden they're they're rate of growth and success goes way up you know she just wrote me a testimonial said you know she added two hundred thousand dollars to her bottom line just mm-hmm. in the short period that we've worked together that's, fantastic. that's huge yeah, it is. Yeah. that's huge you have a chapter here that i was fascinated by tame and train your beast which reminds <laughs> me did you ever see the the movie young frankenstein and the scene where gene wilder is going into you know, tame the beast, you know, oh, and man. he tells everybody to leave him in there. Do not open the door. And is that what you're talking about? Like kind of oh. dealing with your own self at that See, moment. See, that's really interesting because the when you say that, you know, the beast is in there, don't open the door. And I'm saying throw the door wide open, mm-hmm. you know, because there's two sides of the beast. There's the beast that can, you know, nip at your heels and take you down because, you know, as a, a predatory animal, any animal will go for the weak they'll go for the sick they'll go for the ones that are lagging behind and that could be that could be something within yourself um at the same time we've got um the tame and train your beast part is let's look at the beast of who you are 
the beast inside of you that says, yeah, I can do this. Oh, Man, I am powerhouse on. Beast. Oh, just back it up because I'm coming through the door. Oh. Um, so the beast actually stands for the B is for your beliefs. The E is for your emotions. The A is your acute awareness. The S is your self-identity. Who are you when you're all alone with your thoughts? And then the T is for your talk and walk. It's your verbal and nonverbal language. So your verbal language as well as your body language. And that so alone Deborah, probably goes back to that praise again. So I want to talk about your beast now. All right. So, <laughs> so climbing the ladder, the corporate ladder, you were always been a top performer, but you went from a receptionist to becoming an owner and CEO of a $20 million corporation. How'd you do that? I worked really hard. <laughs> I stayed really focused. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I didn't have a vision board. I didn't go on top of a mountain and hum and cross my legs and all that kind of stuff. Now, vision boards are cool, so I don't want anybody going, oh my God, she's, she's against vision boards. No, I'm not. It's just most people don't use them, right? What so what I'm saying by that is that I never knew that I was going to be where I am right now. I didn't know. I didn't have any goals to own and run a you know, multi-million dollar construction company. But what I did know is every time that I pushed myself to do what I couldn't do mm -hmm. and then proved to myself I could do it, by hard work, by mentors, by, you know, looking internally and taking care of myself and understanding who I am at a greater, deeper level, and then reaching that next goal, whatever, how big or how small it right, might be, knowing that I've reached a new um, platform that I can stand on, looking around and saying, oh my gosh, if I can do that, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And then looking for that next thing, as we talked about earlier, Jen, when you mentioned the challenge, as we talked about that challenge of, okay, so what can I do that's different, better, quicker, faster than what I've done before? I'm not in competition with you or anybody else around me. I can use that as a guiding tool of what's possible, but my competition is me to me. So when I can say, okay, well, that's great. Now, what else, what else can you do? Then I can push myself from that level of average, because that's what I've now become, into, all right, let's go into that next level of being a top performer. Mm. Jenny, you have something there? No. What about the uh, biggest? <laughs> big? I know we're all like, Jeez, wow. So no, this is, no, this is, like, wow. Deborah, this is incredible stuff. What, what about on the other side, the, maybe the business regret? The one that got away. Can you think of one that, man, I should have, I should have got that one and I didn't. Oh, there's been several throughout the years. Again, it's that you know always going up, but it's an up and down world to get up. Um, most of the time, it's whenever I hesitated. Hmm. I hesitated and doubted myself in some way, or became you know going back to the even like the definition of average. I was worried about fitting in, mm. not hurting somebody else's feelings. The tall poppy. You know, all, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Being that person That's that great. you know could be part of the group. Yeah, well, um, let, I'm going to have to cut you off because uh, the tall poppy is definitely something I haven't heard about. And um, we'll be talking more about that and playing average. Sounds good. All right. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mind intersect with your hosts, Elisa Sparks-Lane, Brian Wood, and Jen Graffis. So we're here with Deborah Debris talking about playing average versus 
the tall poppy. <laughs> and uh, there's a there's a line here in your book that says, "Don't believe your own BS." And I love playing BS, but um, <laughs> w- tell me about that because I think we get into that whole world of, yeah, I'm small, I can't do it, the victim mode, and so let me give you an example because that's an excellent question. I had a client, a business professional, and he um, on the first couple calls, I always do an intake and I you know gather information about them and what you know going back to what do they look to achieve within the period of time that we're going to be working together, uh, and I'm listening for their language and I'm listening for. Um, where their tone of voice changes and those type of things. After a couple sessions of hearing him, and he'd always come to the phone and he'd be complaining and moaning about something that had gone on in his week and, you know, talking about himself in negative ways and that. By about the, I don't know, it was the third or fourth fourth call, he told me about an opportunity that he had coming up and he says, what do you think? And I said, absolutely not. There's no way you're going to be able to do that. Who do you think you are? (laughs) You know, you're just a freaking idiot. You know, there's no way you're going to accomplish that. And I went on for about a minute. And is then this I, a high-profile client? Oh, sure it is. Oh, you must have loved that. Oh, yeah, you bet. <laughs> but this is where we get to most people are afraid to talk to high-level people or highly successful people or to tell them no. And one of the things that my clients love about me is I tell them the honest truth. I, I don't tell them what they want to hear. I tell them what they need to hear. So when I was working with this client and I had gone through this little one-minute span, then I said, so what do you think? And he said, well, that wasn't very nice. And I said, you know, and he's kind of kind of wondering and, you know, hesitating. And I said, you know what? I said, you're right. But I've been taking notes for the last several weeks, and those are the exact same things that you tell me every single week about mm. yourself. When are you going to stop bullying yourself? Mm. Because the minute you keep doing that over and over and over again, you're, com- you're creating like a, a, a record, the old, you know, the vinyl records with a needle in it. You're driving that needle deeper and deeper into your conscious and subconscious mind, into your emotional body, because you're saying it with all the intensity that it's remembered. And it's brought up whenever you want to accomplish something, all those negative thoughts come up. So why don't we take a look at that and switch that? That's that mindset. You know what's fascinating about that? We talk about like energy, attracting like energy. So when you show up in that way and you're beating yourself up and you're bullying yourself, what comes your way? Like what do you see with your clients that have that mindset? What is attracted to them? Well, what happens is they, um, that's where they start to plateau. And again, it's human nature. That's the one thing I say. I don't ever judge my clients. I give them a safe place, but I also give them a place of truth and power. There's times when I hold their hands. There are times when I kick them in the butt. So what happens, even a high-level professional, as, because we're human, one of the traits that we all have, and it's deep within us, is self-doubt. And that happens at any level. I'm working with NFL players. They're doubting themselves and concerned. I'm working with business owners or entrepreneurs. They're doubting themselves and concerned because our brain is not necessarily set up for growth. Our brain is set up for for survival. So it's always going to be scanning and thinking, oh, I don't know if we can do that. Oh, we haven't done that before. So there's a level of uncertainty, unwanted, unknown, and the brain doesn't like that. What's well, that mindset creating the reality you're going to live in? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's that level of safety. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It absolutely is. And yet the heart is going, you know what? I've got hopes. I've got dreams. I've got, you know, aspirations of what we can do. So we've got this you know, conflict. dialogue going on. That's the two beasts, mm-hmm. you know, the one that's powerful and the one that goes, nah, I'll nip mm-hmm. you at your heels if you keep doing that. And it always goes back to which one you're going to feed. 
Exactly, right? it does. It exactly that, that, does. But that beast or that gremlin, that's one of the things we talk about, right? The things that prevent you from being great, the gremlin mm-hmm. uh, or the inner critic right. or the beast. Right. Sometimes you can squash that by asking, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? Anytime you're thinking about taking risk, like you were regretting that one business decision or maybe a couple, what's the worst thing that can happen? And that sometimes can keep that beast at, at arm. Absolutely. No, and, uh, you know, there's a combination of, you know, it's going back to the the three or the triad of, you know, what's the new way you're going to language? And we, again, we have default language that we tell ourselves and it's different for each of us as the powerful default language, as well as our negative default language. We also have the emotions. So it goes back to, uh, as Brian talked about, uh, you know, the language part of it, but then we have to add the emotions in. So how are you going to feel about that? What's, you know, what would, what's great about that? And to really understand the feeling part of it. And now to be able to take that and to be able to virtually within seconds run that through your body to the point that you're feeling it and actually changing your body position to match the power that you're looking to achieve. You change your thoughts to match what you're looking to achieve. You change your emotions to match what you're looking to achieve. Mm-hmm. You do all that, you're gold. This is an uncomfortable conversation for some people because it goes back to yourself. You bet it is. And I'm going to assume that receptionist didn't have that. Mm. What happened that created that in you? There's pain. The first chapter of the book, I talk about pain, fear, those type of things, and how pain can be a great motivator. I was more afraid as a receptionist sitting at that front desk of being there the rest of my life. Mm. Not saying there's anything wrong with being a receptionist. It just wasn't for me. So there was something bigger so in the, you. Yeah, so the pleasure, I was running towards the, running away from the pain and running towards the pleasure of what's possible for me. And at that level, the I mean, when I got the job as a receptionist, my goal was to get out of the house, not talk baby talk, and make enough money to put my youngest, I have two kids, to put my youngest into a preschool that was more than cut and paste. Once I got the job, within six months, I was bored to tears because, as Jen said earlier, I wasn't challenged. Mm -hmm. I was smarter than that. I was more capable than that. And I knew I couldn't, I didn't have the money or I didn't have the time. I had two kids and was married to go back to school to learn all I needed to do to get to that next level. So I had to outsmart the obvious and figure out a better way to do it. And the better way to do it was being bolder and gutsier than anybody else that was there and put in an application for a job I had no qualifications for, go into the interview and lie through my teeth. And when he said, when the uh, partner in the company that was head of the construction division said, do you have any problem with any of these responsibilities? I said, absolutely not. Did you? And I, w- <laughs> I went home and told my <laughs> husband at the time, I said, I don't even know what, we're, you know what some of those words are, much less how to do them, but they're supposed to train me. But you had trust in yourself that you could figure it out. I, I knew I'd figure it out. Yeah. I was, if we go to the um, self-identity chapter of the mm-hmm. book, I write in there that my self-identity uh, was that I'm you know, strong and I'm gutsy and I'm powerful. I'm street smart. I ask mm-hmm. a lot of questions and I expect answers. I'll do what it takes. I'm highly organized. So it wasn't the DISC and the Kobe and all the different tests, though there's some greatness around them, but I found a lot of people find those the test results, so they could be used to great things, they find the test results as excuses as to why mm-hmm. not to do something. Right. I teach the inner self-identity is who are you at the gut of who you are. And when you can become that and have it laid out in a roadmap that I show my clients how to lay out your, your roadmap for um, 
the state of high performance, now you've got something. You've got a go-to that you can go to anytime, any place, no matter who you're standing toe-to-toe with. And you know that's sorry, right? And you know that's so fascinating because actually, just recently, I had a session with my coach and talking about the difference between and everything that you're saying, the being able to feel where you are and be able to have that emotion around where you are. And this coach was particularly talking about the fact of. You know, there's a difference between compromising what you want versus creating what you want. And so often we spend time compromising, whether it be with a business partner, whether it be in a relationship, like we compromise and we feel like we have to compromise Mm -hmm. for one another Mm -hmm. as opposed to, no, we are who we are. And so we need to co-create or create something new that can be better because creation feels so much better than compromise. Mm. And I just, and everything that you're saying just kind of resonates with that. And I think that's very fascinating. Yeah, because we often fall into that trap of doing what everybody else is doing Mm -hmm. instead of doing what works. Mm -hmm. And that means what works for you as an individual. You can follow all the, you know, so-called experts and gurus and all that kind of stuff, and it's worked for them, and that's wonderful. Some of them are out there just a bunch of philosophy and nothing really to teach. But even those who are experts, you can follow what they've done, but if that's not you, then good for them. But I got my own stuff to do, and that goes back to Mm -hmm. your comments on creating what's right for you and knowing how to do that, which one of the things that I also look at is that intuitive insight how can you stop, have insight about what's just happened? And then intuitively, I mean, there's a lot of science I've studied around gut, gut feelings and the intuitiveness and how we need that even on our business leadership mm-hmm. today and a coaching style of leadership instead of a top-down style of leadership. And everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins. It's a you know co-creation and cooperative state that isn't weak, holding hands, singing "We Are the World." Mm-hmm. It's a more powerful state when you come at it with that uh, that mindset and that attitude. But I love what you're you're all talking about, and it really comes down to if you're compromising your values, that's when you fall into the wrong mindset. And your mindset is, is clearly something that served you well, Deborah. Mm-hmm. What else has served you well as far as what what people have been most instrumental in your success and what have they taught you? My dad's the most instrumental person. I mean, I've had a lot of really, really great mentors. My dad got his uh, GED when I was in sixth or seventh grade, and yet he was one of the smartest men I've ever known. He was, what do I want to say? He was um, very straightforward, loving caring, mechanical in his mindset. So he was always looking at things and trying to, you know, like take them apart. You know, if we would go hunting or fishing or, um, you know, do whatever activity it was, he would take it and say, let's, going back to the insight, let's look at this and let's see what else is going on around this. And he, curiosity. Exactly. Mm, exactly. That's so powerful. It's funny, like, I want to create that, your dad, to be the new tall poppy because I'm assuming he was tall because you're tall yes <laughs> and I think commanding a room and and you've told me some of the clients you've worked with um that advantage of knowing yourself yes and having that history with your dad yes. is huge absolutely yeah and I I want to be right back got it. I know you've got <laughs> I, some I, great I, information I, I, so <laughs> we'll be right back with that give Perfect. me one second
for skipping meals while on the go? Are you too busy to eat healthy? Does the thought of meal prep and food shopping leave you desiring a nap? Visit www.witnessingnature.net. Download the app and leave the healthy cooking to us. We provide organic food through personal chef services, meal plans, and cooking classes, prepared at your home or delivered so you can spend time with your valued family and friends. Call Witnessing Nature and Food at 480-813-9065. It's what's in the food that matters. Eat organic soon at a gym near you. Jen Grappa's Q Life is a health and wellness company that inspires and educates clients and athletes in taking their abilities and teams to the next level. We empower young athletes to live out loud and harness all the true potential they have inside of them to be the best versions of themselves. At Jen Grappa's Q Life, the services include one-on-one fitness training, accountability coaching, guest lectures, athletic performance camps, and more. For more information, check out the website at www.jengrappas.com. Come find your Q. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mind intersect with your hosts, Elisa Sparks-Lane, Brian Wood, and Jen Graffis. So I'm here with Deborah Debris, Jen Graffis, and, and Brian, I almost changed your name there. Did you catch that? Right. Okay. I'm so excited. Brian Wood. And um, there's a chapter here in your book that really got my eye. It's emotions can be your best friend. And that one catches me because... I think as women, we're told not to have emotion. And that's scary because that's who we are. We're emotional beings. Well, and men are trained oftentimes not to be emotional. I thought, and I was yet, gonna say, yeah, men, I mean, oh, my, yeah. my kids were told by their dad, don't cry. Yeah. And I'm like, no, let him cry. I tell you what, when you go to, if you were to go to my, my sports website, because I have a sports website, then I also have one for my business professionals and that, the testimonials from my sports clients, and I'm, in, I'm talking about NFL players, pro golfers, I worked with the men's golf team for three years and that, the, um, the one thing that they always say about is, you know, talking about their emotions, how to be able to um, self-manage their emotions. But first, whether it's men or women, we have to understand that emotions are what drive us. I mean, there's science around the fact that, um, you know, our heart responds to our emotions, and it's our emotions that then send a lectri- an electrical signal to our brain, and it tells the brain how to, how to respond from that point. So when we have an emotion that it's negative, fear, anxiety, stress, anger, sadness, whatever, the, the electrical signal to the brain is like a seismograph and an earthquake's coming in. It's very erratic. So the brain goes, holy man, dive, dive, you know, we got a problem here. And then all of a sudden, oh, here comes all the chemicals and the bioelectrical signals and that out to our body. So now our body is feeling sensations of, you know, the shoulders hurt, the stomach have butterflies, the tense, tenseness, the heart pounding, the sweaty palms and pits. And then our behavior matches all of that. That could be good, though. I mean, sometimes there is genuine reason to... You oh know, yeah, there's, get that. But the same thing with fear. If a lion's in front of me, crouched down, getting ready to jump, the the feeling of fear is a good thing. I need to know what to do. But if it's a cricket that's sitting there and it's you know crawling around, oh my god, I can't believe you. I'm going. That's probably a little off the wall, off the charts. You know? Well, we deal but, with that every day. I mean, there's situations that we're more afraid of, thinking absolutely. that that's real, versus it's just worry of the absolutely. future that may may or may never happen. And our mind doesn't know the difference between real or imagined. Right. So well, well, and if you you live in that place that's the issue right if you live in a constant state of state of fear that's not going to serve you if if you can leverage that and drive results short term all good 
But if you live in that world that's catabolic, that's the stuff that makes us worse in every single way. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think, too, with like what you're saying, as far as emotion goes, I've learned over the course of time in working with my younger clients, like I can't help it anymore. And I used to try to fight it so bad when there's a client that's sitting across from me and they're pouring out their heart and their deep, dark stories and whatever it is, we're getting to the root of it. I cry. And it's at first I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm your coach. I shouldn't be doing this. And just yesterday, the same thing. This poor girl, the client that I have is really struggling with something. And I had to speak from my heart. And when I did so, like tears flowed. And I was like, oh, I don't, you know, there's part of you initially. But now it's just, it is part of that emotion because I think we're doing what we love. And for me to show up as my own true authentic self, I was like, yeah, give me a tissue too. Because we're crying together, honey. It's genuine. It's just, I mean, you just have to, you have to be okay with that. And at first I wasn't, but... It just makes us real, I think, and and I don't, I don't know. It, it also draws us closer because you know she hugged me, and you know it was it was it is. It, it's I think it's, it's probably why I do what I do it, because it, and it's, I love it. It's authentic and it's genuine and it's real. And as a sidebar, Elisa makes me cry all the time, all the time, as much <laughs> as I can. That's I how we grow here. Just walking in here and seeing you. <laughs> it's all the love. But the, the thing love. is, with the with the tears, it's always the question that I ask my clients, and these can be high profile men and women if they cried on the phone with me Are or over Skype. Are you going to tell us which client cried? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let me give you their names right now. I'll even spell it for you. Um, but the thing is, the question becomes, so what are the tears about? Mm-hmm. And to know and understand what that is. Because sometimes those tears, again, going back to our heart response to emotion, when they are out of love and gratitude and joy and happiness and those type of things, then the electrical signal to the brain is very smooth. It very, it's a, a very rhythmic signal and we you know everything in our body works better at that time in fact when i show nfl players or even my business professionals what happens when they can feel great love and appreciation and gratitude for where they are then they're at their absolute best their mind is clearer they can negotiate better they can get up in front of a group and talk better they can be on a radio station like this and be fully present in the moment so everything about them becomes better stronger and even faster than what it was before, including their creativity. Mm, I love that clearing because I think it does give you space to connect with your clients, Jen, in a deeper right. way. And when you have that clearing, wow, because there well, was something there, obviously, in the way. Well, here's the thing, too, about showing you know what I call the vulnerability of mm-hmm. being open ourselves. I've stood in front of a group of um, uh, people when I was out talking um, and I always go to polarize a room. When I walk in, I'm looking to, you know, my up ears and, you know, averages for sissies and all this kind of stuff. I want to polarize the group as fast as possible. What does that possible. mean, polarize? I want to know who I'm talking to. I want them to know that I'm talking to them because there's some in the group that will go, uh-uh, no, I'm tuning out. I don't want to, it's too, too straightforward to mm-hmm. whatever. I can't take it. Nothing wrong with them. It's just I'm not the right person for them. Could they Others be in ready? the room are highly attracted going, oh, man, I want me some of that, you know, that power and that, you know, straightforwardness. Mm-hmm. But one of, the, one of the things that I re- – one of the times I remember most is being in front of a group. It was shortly before Christmas, and I told a very quick story about my brother who – I have a brother who passed away when I was 12, and he was 16 uh, in a car accident, and it was five days before Christmas. I could feel the emotion in me, and I was managing my tears so I could tell the story and that, and yet the audience was very tearful. I brought him right back into you know some humor and that because that's what you do when you're a good speaker. You move people up and down the ladder. 
when I finished and I went to the back of the room and people were coming up asking questions, the people who came up to me to ask questions and to talk to me and thank me were the most powerful people mm-hmm. in the room because mm-hmm. what they said is, thank you for showing that you can be vulnerable and powerful. Mm-hmm. And that was a big, like a permission slip, as you said, even with your kids when you're working with them, to let them know they don't have to fight their emotions. They can notice them, be aware of what they mean, and then use it to their best advantage. And that's the, the thing about that, using it to their best advantage. If you don't, you're not using the gifts that you were given. Exactly. And and that's that's really a crime, especially over a lifetime. And then when you look at the whole ripple effect with right. everyone you come into contact with, so... It's, it's an extremely important And it's always you first. Beast. Yeah. So an, I'm curious as to how, how did you make the jump from, you know, when you got the construction, like to your business? <laughs> I'm, uh, what, what, what propelled you to actually make that additional jump? Well, there was jump? even a bigger jump. When I moved out here from Chicago, I was a hairdresser. I'd been one for 10 years back there. So okay. <laughs> I was, I was going to go with reciprocity and I had all my paperwork and I goes, nah, I want to do something different. And then I got the receptionist job into the construction job. I in the last uh, several years of my owning, when I got to the point of ownership in the company, I started teaching what was called the uh, uh, entre- uh, Spirit of Entrepreneurial Leadership of Leading from Any Seat in the Company. That ended up in my first book called Howl, H-O-W-L, How to Lead, Level, Leverage, Any Pack. Because I was learning and studying Oh, back in the day, it was quantum physics and then neuroscience, brain research, NLP, hypnosis, body language, conscious language, bio-opticalography, all that good stuff. Hypnosis, I don't know if I mentioned that. Anyway, I was applying all, the, all, I was applying all that to myself. And I was also learning and growing because to become certified in those things, I had to go through it, which means I was cleaning up my own act at, you know, at the same time. But And I was taking all that learning now back into the business. So it allowed me to be bigger, to be bolder, to go into rooms where I hadn't been invited and just sit at the table as if I belonged there as everybody else gathered around and then just kept coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I or, love that book, Howl. Um, you mm-hmm. mentioned the pack, and it reminded me of John Bronson, who has an organization called PAC. Right, yeah. And I'm one you, of the ad, on the advisory yeah, council. Yeah, you are. That's what I remember. Yeah. Was he the crier? And I know John, so I can no. say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, and that's, it's that, serious. That's not even right. You I'm gonna, know. He's going to call me out on that. <laughs> that I'm, hoping, nice I'm hoping to bring him on the show. So I'll we'll give you see. kudos for the try. Um, no, but he is an amazing um, individual. If you haven't met him, you have to search out. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he, he's traveling the world now heart. bringing pack yeah. and, and really creating space for, you know, athletes mm-hmm. to have space for trusted you know, advisors or anyone in the you know business that they would need to to facilitate with, right? And um, that's so you're on the board now here in Arizona, or I'm on the advisory board. I think it's called. Okay, yeah. so they've got some good things coming up as well. And yeah, that... he's always looking for what what new, better, different he can create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you look for more organizations to work with? I mean, obviously, the Business Journal, PAC. Is there other organizations that we need to know about? Well, I just came from a meeting of alliances, Mm -hmm. which is where entrepreneurs align, and that's a uh, for entrepreneurs only, invite Mm -hmm. only. Um, So that's a great, you know, opportunity there as well for entrepreneurs. Great. And what is the website we should look for when we're looking for you? Uh, Go to, there's actually two, but I'll give you the business website. It's just DebraDebris.com, which is the D-E-B-O-R-A-H. And then capital D-U-B, like in boy, R-E-E, so com, And uh, you'll see all my information out there. They can call me or e- they can email me at deborah at com. Perfect. Well, before you do that, we're going to go to Mars. Yeah. 
So I want to just share a story about Deborah. Uh, so that'll be the Uh-oh. mission this week. No, and, and, <laughs> and here's the thing. We've talked about this before where the things that we've accomplished, they pale in comparison to the accomplishments of our kids. The, the biggest failure, it, it pales in comparis- comparison to seeing your kids stumble. Injury, same thing. When you have an injury, I can deal with that. When you see your kid get hurt, it is as bad as it can get. My son, Isaiah Brian Wood, I, I love this kid. I love this kid. Like, I can't even tell you. And I, we thought he tore his ACL, and Deborah jumped up. And here's the lesson. you got to ask for help. And that's what I did. I said, you know what? I, I struggle with asking for help, and I asked some people for help, and I asked Deborah for some help. And Deborah said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help out Isaiah. And she's met with him, and she's talked to him, and she's coached him. And I can tell you this, Deborah, it generates results. And the real results are he is already in, in the triple jump, got the sixth longest jump in the state of Arizona. And, and it's part of the mindset. But all the emotions as, as a parent, overwhelming. Ask for help. Get a coach for yourself, for your organization, for your loved ones. And, uh, and Deborah, you're the best. Thank you very much for Thank that. Thank you never so much. To Thank, you. That. Thank you. We'll okay. see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Money Mindset Radio Show. Tune in Saturdays at 8 a.m. And remember to keep your dreams big, your purpose bigger, and enjoy the ride. This is the Money Radio Network.